Welcome to Answers from the Stairs, an off-the-cuff chat with Chris Vester. On this show, Chris provides insight on all areas of your life, whether it be your business, your relationships, or your health. Chris is a longtime business owner and coach looking to help everyone and anyone find their purpose and beat mediocrity. In his experience, he can teach anyone to reach their true potential. If you're ready to realize your God-given talents, then welcome to the show. Mental fitness. Is there such thing as mental fitness? When people think about fitness, of course, they think about some type of a physical fitness where you're training your body with daily activity in order to achieve a certain goal, whether that's a, a swimming, Michael Phelps, gold medal goal, or just an individual overall physical fitness goal, but with a goal in mind of improving how you are physically. And there's probably a lot of debate out there about whether you can actually have a mental fitness regimen. And there's been several studies that show that you can. You can improve your IQ. If IQ is something you care about, um, you can change your mindset. You can change your outlook um, just by what you put into your mental fitness regimen. And I heard something this morning that really made it make sense for me. And that was, imagine you've got three or four kids, two or three kids, raised in the exact same household. You raise them completely the same. I mean, almost identical. You expect the same things, use the same types of, use the same forms of discipline. Everything's almost exactly the same. But they come out completely different. Completely different personalities, completely different um, ways of thinking, completely different thought processes completely different physical appearances over and above what they were born with genetically. And the studies have been shown that there's 11 million pieces of information per second that impact the human brain. 11 million a second. So you think about all the seconds that pass as you raise a child and everything that they see and experience, both visually, <laughs> auditory, how, what, what's impacting their thought processes? Just not, not physical, but thought process. If there's 11 million a second. And one of the ways to change that and reprogram it, because we have this big computer in our head, is to, to change what we feed it, change what we give it through our eyes, change what we give it through our ears, so that you do change the mental fitness. Um, you know, I spend roughly total an hour, hour and a half working on my physical fitness five to six days a week. It's not every day. It's not even always six days a week. Most days it's, you know, five days a week. But I spend at least 30 minutes a day working on mindset, my, my how I think, how what, what thought processes I have. You know, where am I at mentally? Can I change my thought process? Can I experience some new order of thought just by what I'm listening to or what I'm watching. Um, so there is such a thing as a mental fitness regimen. Um, and it all goes back to what we focus on. You know, I said, I mean, it's been, shoot, me at this point, 90 episodes back that I tried not to let what came into my brain and into my ears be controlled by something other than myself. You know, I, I, I listen to a lot of books, I listen to a lot of podcasts, watch a lot of video blogs. 
Um, and even other than live sports, when I watch TV, it's, it's something that I choose to record so it's not by chance. So it's what am I putting in my brain to change my mental fitness as much as I worry about my physical fitness. And I have the same why. You know, I said before, physical fitness for me is knowing that genetically in my in my family, heart disease and brain disease, it's everywhere. So, and I've got lots of family that depend on me and I want to be here at a max 100% capacity for them as long as possible. But some of that's mental. I want to keep my mindset sharp and constantly work to improve my mental fitness, learning and thought processes other than my own, trying my best to keep an open mind. My team members probably would disagree. <laughs> chemical addiction is real. I'm not talking about the kind of chemicals that probably first come to your brain when I say those words, not drugs and alcohol. I'm talking about the chemicals that we produce automatically, naturally. Endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin. Those things that give us drive, those things that make us feel like we belong. I'm reading right now, and probably most of you have heard of Simon Sinek, if you've done any type of leadership studying or any type of leadership reading at all, you know exactly who Simon is. He wrote Start With Why. Well, he also wrote a book called Leaders Eat Last, which is the one I'm currently reading. He has a whole chapter devoted to EDSO, as he calls them, endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin. And very simply broken down, endorphins and dopamine are the achievement chemicals. Those are the chemicals in our brain that when we hit a goal, you know, that, that, that we get this feel good, this, this surge of excitement. And then you've got serotonin and oxytocin, which are the chemicals released when we form bonds with people, this, the trust, the love, and, and those are released over time. They're a long, slow release. And what he goes into in this chapter is how, do you, how should we should be looking at those chemicals when trying to create a work environment for our, for our team members, which makes so much sense. The other side of that would be if you can create that for the team members in the business, then allowing them to create that same feeling with a customer would be just almost second nature. You know, we all know what it feels like to, to reach some massive goal. And we all know what it feels like to be around friends and family that we love and trust. If you can create those two environments in conjunction with one another, it leads to successful organizations according to him. He said, you know, if you rely completely on endorphins and dopamine, in other words, it's completely a goal-driven environment, that you'll achieve a lot very quickly, but the, the actual company itself usually doesn't last very long because nobody feels like they belong. And he said on the opposite side of that spectrum, he said if you, he called it a hippie commune, he said if you run a hippie commune where there's no ever any achievement, he said everybody feels great and they feel like they belong, but because they're not driven to succeed or have no goals in place, Again, it leads to failure of the organization. But finding a place where both of those hold true, where everybody in the organization has goals, wants to achieve those goals, and is rewarded for achieving those goals, and feels love and trust for the leadership in the team, and the leadership feels love and trust for those on the team, if you can make those balance, then it creates an incredibly successful organization. And again, I go back to the customer experience. 
you know, the whole idea of them achieving whatever their goal is when they walk in the door. That's got to be a great feeling. And then developing a relationship with the one employee or team member in our organization that they that they can that they connected to, so that that becomes a long-lasting, trusting relationship. EDSO. I know what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to get everybody to be chemically dependent in our organization. And I mean that in a very good way. Let's try to balance those chemicals. Thank you for listening to Answers from the Stairs with Chris Vester and for using the insights you gained to find your purpose and strength in anything you do. Tune in next week for another chat with Chris. And don't forget that reaching your true potential is not easy, but it's worth the work to find it and live in it. Until next time.